Welcome to Dream Maker, a podcast brought to you by First National Bank of Syracuse. At FNB, we strive to make sure that every life we touch is improved. Join us for each episode as we cover a wide range of topics, from financial wellness and marketing to mental health and ways to enjoy life overall. We may even teach you a thing or two about cultivating healthy soil. We are here to improve your life and so glad you've joined us today. Now, here are your hosts for today's episode of Dream Maker. This is Chris Floyd, President and CEO of the First National Bank, and welcome to episode number three of this season's DreamMaker podcast. We are continuing our conversation with Grant County Economic Development Officer, Bob Dale. So it was a really fun visit. We really didn't plan the breakout, so we'll just kind of run and jump in, and, and so I don't really have a good smooth way to transition into it. But, you know, this part of the, our conversation, we talked quite a bit about where he feels the best places or the best ways or best practices or things to avoid of small businesses and and as they're getting started, as they're continuing to grow. And so I thought he had some really good insights, a lot of practical insights, you know, just from his many years of dealing and helping with small businesses or businesses of all size really kind of continue and grow. So with this, we'll jump right in and talk to Bob some more. So when you visit those businesses, I guess, seems like as you're talking, it may be I guess, what's the three biggest pitfalls, or I don't know, three is maybe a good number. It sounds like a good number to throw out there. Uh, the biggest pitfalls you see that guys need to, or guys and gals starting a business need to watch for. So, well, I'll start with a realistic business plan. Um, we, my first recommendation to everyone who's starting a business who's never owned a business before is that they go through the program at the small business development center uh, at Seward County Community College and let them work through a business plan. And uh, the people, I recommend it to everyone, not everyone goes, but everyone who has, has come back and told me they were really glad they did that (laughs) because they find out they hadn't accounted for some things. They hadn't thought about some things. And when you have uh, an impartial person and a person who has access to databases of businesses similar to yours and can pull from those and give you some realistic numbers, um, it makes things a lot more clear And it makes it where you see, oh, well, I thought I only needed $50,000 to start this. I really probably need 75. Um, The other pitfall, uh, so having a realistic business plan is number one. Um, Number two is the magic number is three and the magic number three is three years. It's, I don't know the percentage, but I will tell you that 
national statistics will prove out that if you start a brand new business from scratch, you should assume that you're not going to see any income personally from that business for three years. Uh, that's how you plan. Number one is that I'm going to have to have three years of operating capital sitting there ready to go. Um, and hopefully in a year and a half, you're generating some revenue so you can keep things moving, but you should plan for that. Uh, and it takes three years. And, and here's what's, here, here's the shocking thing about that. At the end of three years, it's like the light bulb comes on and, or like, <laughs> and by light bulb, let's use the light bulb, uh, the, the uh, bug zapper out on the porch. It's like the bug zapper comes on because suddenly everybody now knows who you are, where you are, what you sell. And, and, uh, and business just turns. So it's a, um, it's a long range process and you have to be prepared to go through that first three years. Um, and here's the other, here's the other thing that's magic about three. If you make it to three, you will probably survive and thrive or you won't make it to three. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's really this break point. Um, I had a, um, a couple in my office a few years back who were looking at starting um, a restaurant. And we told them three years. Ah, it's not going to take that long. Three years. That's, that's just what the numbers always prove out. So their first three years in business, I'd check in with them. We're just not, we're, you know, this place doesn't even quite pay for itself. What is going on? Why can't we get, why can't we get over the hump? Why can't we get, and we have to keep putting our own money into this. And then one day when I checked in with her, she said, uh, you know, it, it just in the last couple of months, it has really started to turn. We can pay our staff. We can pay our bills. Uh, we even get to take a little check of our own. And so it, it has really just turned for us. And, and this place is starting to make a profit. Now, we're not getting rich off of it or anything, but we're starting to show a profit. And I said, what happened through... <laughs> I said, what happened three months ago? She goes, I don't know. What do you mean? I said, well, three months ago, what was that? It was our third anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> Light bulb comes on, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it, no, one, no one wants to think that it's going to take three years. And, and so no one has three years of operating capital sitting in their bank. And when you tell people you need, you need some money, they don't like to hear that. 
Um, they want to borrow it. Uh, I think the other, if we if we talk about mistakes for entrepreneurs, it's over. It's getting over leveraged, and um, yes, you can find somebody to loan you all the money you need, but the interest and the payments are going to just eat you alive over that time, and um, and will and is just that much more that you're not able to invest back in and, and keep things running. Um, so being over leveraged, um, you know, we've done it. We've helped people out that are hundred percent borrowed and, um, it doesn't always work. So, uh, you know, I guess one of the other things would be thinking that, um, well, how do I put this? That they can they can borrow all this money and um, and pay it back and and things will work out. As I had a I had a thought in there, but it was oh, they think I've been thinking about starting this business for five years now, and I'm tired of thinking about it, and I want to do it now. I want to do it now. And when you tell them to go home and save up money for the next five years, they don't want to do that because uh, I, I want to start this now. But they need to have some money put away. They need to have that financial responsibility put away to, to put some money away, build up a savings in order to have that so they can move forward or at least have another income coming into the household. Uh, so you can manage to live while you're losing money at your new business. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't think of in the restaurants a good example is you think about um, like um, I ate today somewhere, mm -hmm. and so I have a new one option. Then you got to break a lot of habits, and yeah, it's not like okay, well, I didn't eat lunch today, so oh, there's a new place I'm going to go. It's, you know, you got to, and it takes a while to do that. And that persistence is, is key. Well, my background's really in marketing. And I always talk to people about the Rolodex. And it's, a, it's an old marketing trick. It's not even a trick. It's just a thing we used to do to try to drive a point home. You give somebody a piece of paper and you say, name three soda pops. And they write down Coke, Pepsi, always one and two. And, you know, there'll be a Dr. Pepper or there'll be something else in there, but it's Coke and Pepsi. Name three restaurants, McDonald's. 99% is their number one answer. And, and it's like a little magic trick because then you get to go back and tell them what their number one answer is without looking at their paper. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so people have this Rolodex in their head. And uh, when you're ready to go to lunch, your Rolodex flips through the top three uh, cards and decides one of those three is where we're going to go to lunch. And I always tell restaurateurs or any sort of business, you have to be here long enough to get on people's Rolodex. You have to work your way up in their brain Rolodex because <laughs> I was here's here's exactly how it works. This restaurant that I was just talking about, 
had been open for a year. We helped them. We worked with them extensively to get started. I was crossing the street in front of my office a year after that, and a guy stopped in his vehicle and hollered out his window, hey, have you got a good uh, restaurant around here? And I went to my Rolodex and I went ding, 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 and they drove away. And I went, well, I didn't even tell them about the one we had just helped them help start a block away from where I was standing. That's how important that Rolodex in the brain is. And you have to, and it takes three years. The, um, the other story I always tell along with that is um, several years ago when I was managing the radio stations, somebody decided that uh, 106.7 should be Spanish. One of our owners decided that. So we did it. We switched it over to Spanish. And um, there was people that hated it, people that loved it. But uh, literally two years, over two years from when we switched it to Spanish, it had been 24-7 continuous Spanish uh, for over two years. Phone rings one day. I answer it. Yeah. What the hell are you guys doing with my with 106.7? I said, what do you mean? He goes, it's all Spanish. I said, yeah, it's, it's been Spanish for two years now. It has not. <laughs> yeah. I was just listening to it yesterday. No, you weren't. <laughs> so that's how long it takes people to, to a, a customize themselves to change and to something different. They, it, we adapt extremely slowly. Here's what lulls people into a false sense, though, when starting a new business. When you open a new business, you are top of the Rolodex. I want to check that out. And you go, they go and they check it out. And, and the owners are like, oh, my God, you should have seen all the people in here. Give it, give it a month. And then people resort back to their old habits and their old ways of doing things and where they go. And then suddenly business drops and you're in panic mode, but they have just reverted back to their standard Rolodex of this. These are the top three things I think of when I think of that. And it takes you time to build back up. So yeah, I, I, I tell you, Chris, I talk about entrepreneurship with people all the time. And the more I talk about it, Sometimes I stop and think, why would I even recommend someone become an entrepreneur? <laughs> because yeah, it's hard work. Yeah. I just want to, I, I'm one of the, so even when I used to hire people for at places where I've worked, when I was in the hiring position, my interview technique was, I'm going to tell you all the terrible things about this job. If you still want to work here, then we'll get into the interview. But you need to know this stuff up front. And, and it's, I approach entrepreneurship that way a little bit. And I think sometimes people think I'm trying to sell them off of it. But I'm just trying to prepare you for the harsh reality of what it is. Now, when you reach that point, it's extremely rewarding. But it's terrible 
it can be terrible for the beginning and for the first few years. Yeah, just to get there. Yeah. Well, and having that, and that's part of where I think, oh, I can't remember. Yeah, there I can't remember what I was ta- who I was talking to, but you know, just having it's almost like if you had no fallback plan, like you had to make this work. Seems like mm-hmm. that's you know, then it's like they just have to persist and make it through there. And they, you know, the big thing I think you're right is having enough working capital to survive the till yeah. what will happen because it's probably another probably over optimistic thing you run into in businesses is how fast do you get to that point. Yeah, I can see exactly what you're saying. That three years is pretty, um, really valid. And so if you think you're getting there in three months, you're probably way out of kilter. For Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you another disturbing trend that I, I run across. And I, I try to have a little come to Jesus meeting when, when, whenever this comes up. But um I have a trend of people who want to start a business and they tell me we're not interested in making a profit. We want to give back. We want to help. We want, uh, I actually had someone who said uh, if we could loan them X amount of dollars to start their business, they were going to donate a portion of that to this charity. And we're like, well, that's not how that works. But um, we're not interested in making a profit. We want to give back. We want to help out this group of people. And we want to help out that group of people. And I say, well, let's stop right there. Because here's the reality of it. If you don't make a profit, you can't help anybody. And if you don't make a profit, you won't be there to help those people in the future. You have to make a profit. Your number one priority is making a profit. And then you can do with that profit whatever you want to. Mm -hmm. But if your business isn't making a profit, you can't help anybody, including yourself. And it just stuns me. I mean, I literally had three people, three different groups who, who told me, yeah, we're not interested in making a profit. We're not interested in, in uh, you know, getting anything out of this. We just want to, we just want to help people. And that's something also I've talked to uh, that I've been bringing up to the students when I talk to them is, um, you know, profit isn't a bad thing. I think there's a lot of uh, teaching going on that corporate America and corporate greed and all this is bad. Um, but in order to do those things you want to do, you have to make that profit. And whenever they talk about corporate greed. Uh, and I, I loved, what was it during the 2016 election? I loved seeing that video going around of millionaires claiming that they don't pay enough taxes and, and we'd pay more taxes if they asked us to. And because, well, if you don't feel you're paying enough taxes, number one, pay more. Nobody's yeah, going to stop exactly. you. <laughs> 
And number two, what you're supposed to do with that money, instead of giving it to the federal government and them decide what is best to do with it, you get to decide what's best to do with it. You get to help out whoever you want. You get to donate that to whatever cause you think is worthy. But evidently, you're not doing that either. So your greed is now someone else's problem because you're not being taxed enough. Uh, that's so getting that message across to the kids, uh, I think is also important because, you know, young people are always, uh, concerned about this cause or that cause. And if you're really concerned about it and you want to help them out with some money, you got to have some money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I think I remember, I can't remember what school, maybe banking school has that long time. So if you have no margin, you have no mission to fulfill. Mm -hmm. And it really, if you yeah, exactly what you're saying, that if you want to be able to support whatever, then you need to be successful is the best way to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of times I think that's a good part of our communities uh, being in a small town is we have a very good, um, very supportive, like, you know, something happens or somebody gets sick. I mean, you know, there's probably no better place to be at than yeah our communities. And I think, you know, so they have that, you know, people have that mindset. I want to help the community. I want to do my part. And uh, so it's kind of a very noble pursuit, but I think, like you say, you need to be successful is the best way to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Tough to plan on not making money really, but <laughs> <laughs> and being there forever. Cause what happens when things go bad? Yeah. 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 Well, very interesting. Well, Bob, I appreciate it. I don't have anything else. Uh, okay. I really enjoyed the visit, and I think uh, a lot of good nuggets in there to get it pieced together. Um, anything else you want to throw out there or you thought of? That I don't think so. You about, you about drained me drained of, my, yeah. of all my wisdom today. Yeah. Well, I think it's really important in our communities that, you know, we, um, I like I said earlier, we got to work at it. Um, there's a lot of benefits. Doesn't matter where you're, you know, six, seven thousand people like here in Ulysses, or two thousand like we have in Stan County, or in between that are yeah. bigger. That you know, we don't. We got to go uh, fight for everything, and uh, you know, because we have a place that's worth living at, and I think it's the coolest part. I always tell people that with all, especially the last year and a half, there's no place I'd rather live than where we're at right today. So, yeah. and, and the people working at it. So. The communities need to dream together. They need to think where we're going to be, what we're going to be, how we're going to get there. And they need to talk about those things. And there's a, uh, there's a stagnation that comes around. It happens on my board of directors. I'm sure it happens on your bank's board of directors. It happens at city councils. It happens at county commissioners. They have an agenda and they're going to go through those items and tick those things off. And as soon as they're through with their agenda, the meeting's done. And never on their agenda is let's discuss what we want to do. What do we want to do? What do we want to accomplish? You know, they'll talk about buying a new road grader, we want to buy a new road grader, or we want to build a, a new jail, or we need to buy a new phone system, we'll discuss that. But 
long range, what, what do we want our community to be? Where do we want to go? How do we want to get there? And, um, uh, you know, you set goals, uh, you're uh, with the complete understanding that you may never get them, but the idea is to work towards them and to get as close as you can. Uh, so I, I think it's, we've got to talk and we've got to communicate and we've got to, um, come up with that roadmap. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing we did, uh, it's probably been three or four years ago, um, because, you know, exactly, you know, like say you got the agenda and you got stuff that's going on every day that you got to deal mm-hmm. with. And then we used to have like, you know, talk strategic at the end when I'm tired and I got stuff, everybody's got stuff to do. And we actually switched to where, you know, the strategic things we talked about first. Yeah. Right. Because that to me is kind of like we got to really like say, think where we're going. And so, you know, that's I think it's everybody in our community needs to do the same thing probably is. But you get so many things that get brought up and yeah. whether, you know, the county commission meeting, which I get a start to get be part of or city councils, you name it. You know, there's there's, you know, plenty of issues that come up that you got to deal with every time. So well, I, I remember uh, one time thinking maybe I would run for city council. I, you know, why not? I want to I, I want to help out. And at that time, I was attending city council regularly for the radio station and uh, taking notes. And I set through 45 minutes of a discussion on sprinklers. And this company has the 416th sprinkler, which is going to give us a coverage of 300 feet to about and this company and like, I don't care. Just buy some sprinklers. Uh, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I can say, yeah, I under, completely understand how the minutia can weigh you down. But that, that number one said, I do not want to be <laughs> yeah. part of that. <laughs> but I think it's a good point you bring up that, you know, we need to. Um, and that's one thing I appreciate, you know, being on the county commissioner now in Stan County that, you know, you had that meeting with the We Can Do group. And, you know, I think that really helped reset that, you know, we need to think what we want to do or what kind of projects uh, for our communities we need to do. And I thought that was helpful. And because I think, you know, it's so easy to get stuck in this rut of, you know, those issues that are going on, but you need somebody to yank you out. And you talked about the big picture deal too earlier when we started is, you know, one of your strengths you feel. And, you know, we need to step out and look at that, you know, where do we want to go? And, and like say, make those dreams happen. So. Yeah. The interesting thing about that though, is that um, my words at that meeting, probably, I know they had an impact on, on you guys from Stanton County, probably had some impact on uh, Stevens County and, and the Morton County people, but because I'm the local guy, I can tell you that <laughs> my people are like, well, it's just Bob, whatever. Shut yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to go 20 miles to find an expert. Right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think it's important. You know, we all, we need people in our communities trying to lead and kind of set, you know, where do we want to go? Like exactly yeah. that, at least have that discussion or to lead that discussion. So I think that's critical because nobody's going to give us anything. So we got to. Yeah. And as part of that, you talk about the independent mindset, you know, at some point, uh, um, 
man, when people stopped out here hundred and some years ago, it was in the 1880s. I was like, they were tough and yeah. we got to still persevere. And we still got that same mindset. I think that, you know, we just got to tough through some things and make it happen. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, cool. Okay. Well, Bob, I appreciate the time and effort and, uh, uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to DreamMaker, making dreams come true. We'd love to connect with you. Find us on social media at FNB Windmill and online at fnb-windmill.com. Heard a topic that could enrich someone else's life too? Be sure to share this podcast with friends and family and check back regularly for new episodes or subscribe so you never miss a show. See you soon. See you soon.